Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, we're taking a ride to Brattsville, the village of Bratz. Do you have any children that, uh, you know, might be turning into a brat? Not because of you, of course, or anything you've done, but it's your in-laws. Your in-laws have created... A genetic problem that now you're dealing with. Today we're talking about how not to raise a brat, my friends. And guess what? Uh, I personally, I'm bratless. I have no bratty children. I am free of the brat. Sean, give me a brat update. Because all of your beautiful children are listening in the car right now. I'm sure they are. Well, no, no. Actually, only two of them are in the car right now. Two of them. Yes. They and just realized that BBC News is over. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like ah, turn it on. Turn Dad's it on. on. But the interesting thing about a my brat, kids, you don't mean to raise a brat. Uh, no, but I, my kids can be bratty at times. Do they have it in them? They have it in yeah. them. Yeah. I think everybody has it in them, though. Well, we probably need to define brat. Let's go to an expert. James? Hey. What's brat? James Birdsall's uh, in. He's our expert bratologist, study of brats. The self-proclaimed mayor of Bratsville. <laughs> That's me. Welcome to the show, James. <laughs> Talk no, it's to a us pleasure. about I'm, I'm brats. glad you can own that, James. Yeah, apparently. I'm you were raised with seven siblings, is that right? Yes, I was. Uh, any brats? Well, see, I think siblings have a different view of the oh, yeah. children than the parents siblings do. Siblings see all of them as brats. Oh, sure. Yeah. Except me. Except, yeah, the Yeah, exactly. One. I was surrounded by brats. Uh, were you a brat, James? Of course not. I don't see that you could be a brat. No, no, definitely not. You're very not a... caring, you're loving, gentle. Yeah, yeah. My parents would on occasion give me trophies for being such an outstanding child. <laughs> At least wow. that's, that's my memory. I think that did is you, actually – Did you get the laurel leaves around the head and everything? Occasionally, yes. Okay. I yeah. think getting a trophy from your parents is a – it's an indicator you are a brat. Well, that's debatable. I think I think that is uh, – if we're talking cause and effect, if you give your children trophies, you might be creating a brat. Or they're just a great child. That's probably it. But they need to earn the trophy. Yeah, I exist. Is that a technicality? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> brats. I don't have any, but I've I've heard some people have brats. Brats are these spoiled kids mm-hmm. that, you know, act like – they deserve anything they want. and they, Own the world? They deserve the world. So we're on the show today. We're going to talk about how not to raise a brat. Right? It seems like sure. a topic – I mean it seems like every show we do is about how not to raise a brat because everything you do is impacting your children. Right? And if you don't parent with your game on, mm-hmm. you're creating a brat. And, you know, your brat becomes my problem later. <laughs> oh, yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about that today. Uh, we're also going to have Meg Conley on the ho- in the house. By the way, not a brat. Oh, <laughs> okay. Not a brat. Just bohemian. Bohemian brat. <laughs> she's not a brat. She's a wonderful person, and she's going to be on the show, and she always changes the entire vibe of the show. That is true. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. It's the bohemian rhapsody thing she does. Mm-hmm. 
We'll be having Megan. She's just a little silhouette of a man. Okay, yeah. Uh, ooh. Oh, we got to get that pulled up for her. Okay, uh, yeah. Well, yeah that's, good. that's a good idea. She's not even listening, so it's fine. <laughs> she just shows up and does her thing. So we'll be talking brats. We'll be talking with Megan. And Sean's got some headlines for us. That's right. Sean. N- interesting stuff here. Teach us what's in the news. Well, we heard. I heard this yesterday, and I thought, well, what could these people actually have done that really brought up this big a problem? Oh. But there was a couple um, in England. They'd stayed at a hotel. And, uh, in fact, it was the Broadway Hotel in the seaside resort of Blackpool. Are we giving them press? Oh, we, we got just, to. We just gave them some press. We have to, yes. But we're giving them even more press because this couple yeah. left a review that was not so, let's say, nice. Yeah. Was but, it was it accurate? But as far as I know, it was truthful. Truthful, as, but mm-hmm. so what's the problem? It, you're just sharing. Tony and Jan Jenkinson. Yeah. After they left this review, then they noticed this charge to their credit card bill just of about one hundred and fifty-six dollars. Ooh, what's the charge? The charge oh, mini bar was a fine Uh-oh. by the hotel for a bad review. Oh. Oh, we can be fined? According to the agreement that the hotel put out. That seems like an oddly specific number for uh, talking about. Well, it's 100, it's 100 pounds. Oh, okay. $156 if no, you say it, something. This is England. It's okay. 100 pounds. That makes sense. $156. Yeah. So isn't, it's not that specific, no. <laughs> but, um, okay, so. Who says they can fine us? According to the hotel, the hotel can. What do they call it? Like a publicity fine? Uh, no. A negative publicity fine? No. They said that it was in their agreement that they signed when they came and rented a room at the hotel for one night. Oh, please. They they went to the hotel, though, because there was supposed to be ample parking, but their parking lot was full, so they had to park at another nearby hotel. There's a complaint. Uh, their hotel, the hot water didn't work. Complaint. They were told that they, it would be fixed in the morning. They're only going to be there one night. Liars. Complaint. Mm-hmm. The drawer fronts fell off when they opened the chest <sighs> of drawers. Ooh. Complaint, Wallpaper complaint, complaint. was peeling off the wall. Carpet was thin, dirty, stained. The bed, here's a quote, the bed was something else. It must have come out of the ark. The base <laughs> was all scuffed and dirty, and the springs in the mattress attacked you in the night. Sounds like my house. <laughs> <laughs> so? I guess I should file a complaint. They put this out on a, on a, on a travel site. Yeah. TripAdvisor, the name of the site. Violated the rule. And they got charged. Wow. But they complained about the fine to a local trading standards office, mm-hmm. and they have had that the practice by the hotel has been canceled now. Well, you know. But they still have to get their money back. Uh, I don't know if they will. I don't know if you've been watching the news, but you're doing the news. Mm-hmm. Um, President Obama and, his, and the engineer, the architect behind the Obamacare. Uh-huh. Remember, he was saying that the American people are too stupid. Oh, yes. American voters. American voters. American voters. Yeah, just the voters, those that actually Mm -hmm. cast a vote, are too stupid. So maybe what's happening is this is a hidden tax in the hotel world. It's a fine. No, but see, that's how the whole Obamacare worked. That was the whole thing is that we're hiding all of these things in there Mm -hmm. that are taxes. But anyway, maybe I think his name was Gruber's right. American voters. I wonder if these these people were voters. in England, though. Why not? Or were they just visiting England from America? No, they were in England. They're English. Oh. So I guess the English are 
studios. Well, I've heard of like it happen Americans. here in America as well. Not with a hotel, but with another I just didn't know you could add fines like that. Because if that's the case, well, I would say, hey, what somebody – What these companies do is they, they write their own agreements that you sign mm-hmm. when you it's, – it's, it's like a uh, – I mean, how many of you actually read the um, agreement when we download software? No. Yeah. What's that? Nah, Do you read the whole agreement when you sign no. for a, a a rental car? No. Or a hotel room? No. no. I don't. And read we have agreements. we have our law student Juan over here in the corner who's yeah. telling us you should read everything. By the way, Juan is not an attorney. No. So that is not legal advice that he's giving us. Right. It's just too bad. No, that's just talking. common sense. That's yeah. not that's not legal advice. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm in the same boat. I'm not going to sit there and read a three page, you know, d- agreement that this hotel has. That has one line in it that says, if you give us a bad review, we're going to charge you money. But here's the deal with social media. That company, what was the name of the hotel again? Oh, let me sure you make me look for it again here. Let's see. That company, Broadway Hotel and the Seaside Resort of Blackpool. Blackpool's Broadway Resort has just cut their throat. I think so, too. Because it's all over now. Now we're going to talk with about social it. media. You're, yeah, exactly. And hey, they can't now if they find us. I'm finding you. Well, we, we can talk about it all that we want because they don't have our credit card number. See, that's why we have bratty children, mm-hmm. because they're getting fined. We ought to have a fine for brats. <gasps> Ooh. Let's start, let's, start, let's start fining anybody on the show that acts like a brat today. Okay. How are we fining? I will do the fining. Okay. Because <laughs> it's my show. You need to get money sound cues. Perfect. <laughs> we will now start fining, and I will randomly choose a fine that I deem credible and necessary. And you're the only one who can do fines? Yes. Oh, dang it. But you can bring a fine to me that I can then, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you're kind of just the mediator of fines. Yeah. Okay. It's because I'm fine. Yep. <laughs> That's it. So on the show today, uh, other than fining everybody, I'm going to fine Juan for not being a real attorney and only being in law school. Fine him. $200 fine. $200. He's shaking his head. I can tell you somebody else who's been a brat when we come back. Ooh. Why'd you point to Alyssa? No, I was pointing at you. Oh. Uh, Anyway, we're going to take a break. Uh, When we come back, Dr. Erica Reicher will be joining us. She's going to teach us how not to raise a brat. One way, find them. Find them. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Martina McBride, in her daughter's eyes, everyone is equal. There are no brats in Martina McBride's daughter's eyes. Hey, uh, today on the show, we're talking about how not to raise a brat. Now, I don't think anybody sets out thinking, I'm going to raise a brat. True. You know what I mean? You don't. It's like hiring. It can't happen. You never mean to hire a brat. True. And yet, nonetheless, our show is filled with them. Oh. Including me. Okay. My mom says I was a brat growing up. Really? Mm-hmm. But I don't always trust what she says. <laughs> because I'm a brat. 
So uh, there is um, there is help, my friends. So what I wanted to do is bring on the expert. Dr. Erica Reicher is joining us. She's a clinical psychologist, author, parent, coach, and speaker. She leads workshops at the University of California, and um, she is the author of a, of a forthcoming book, What Great Parents Do, The Small Book of Big Parenting Ideas. She's here to help us understand how to not raise a brat. Dr. Reicher, welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Thank you very much. It's so great to have you. Now, nobody wants to raise a brat, so isn't it really just our spouse's fault? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right, because that's what I was thinking, but... Clarify, what, what, what do you see that we are doing as parents? Because it, it seems like, if anything, we're doing a lot, maybe not everyone, right? But it seems like we're overkilling some things. We're doing too much. We're maybe being overprotective. What's going on that might be inten- unintentionally impacting our children and their behavior? I think there's probably a couple of things going on. We know when you use the term brat, uh, and I've used that term before in some posts that I've made to get people's attention, but I think what we're talking about is disrespectful behavior of one kind or another. That's how I would probably talk about it. And I think that kind of behavior, disrespectful behavior, happens for a lot of reasons. And I think, um, you know, as you said, no one intends to raise a brat, but I think a lot of times parents unintentionally allow this kind of behavior for a lot of reasons. So, um, you know, one reason could be that they're just not paying attention to the situation and they don't even notice it. Yeah. You know, as parents, we're moving fast. We have a lot of momentum in our lives. We're going from one thing to another. And oftentimes we just don't notice because we're focused on other things. Um, you know, another thing is that parents get used to that behavior. Yeah. Our, I mean, it's, no, it's not new that. to them, right? It's not new to them, right? And so it's something that, you know, we're used to having our kids maybe snap back at us, Mom, yeah. you know, with an eye roll, or, um, you know, I wanted to sit there. And we just, we just kind of respond uh, to the situation without even really noticing the tone of voice or the body language. We're just moving forward. So I think a lot of it has to do with parents not even really noticing. Um, another reason could be that they're just not sure how to change the behavior. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to, you know, take something on that they don't really know what to do about if they do notice it. It seems uh, like it seems like maybe we're just yeah we're not really very well prepared to be a parent right I mean it's you don't always take classes we don't always know what we're doing a lot of times we think it's just age you know it's just they'll grow out of that yeah I mean I would agree to the you know to the point that you made that you know we when we become parents we don't have any prior training in becoming a parent except for um, good parenting that we may have received ourselves if right. we were lucky enough to have good parents or good parenting that we saw or had modeled for us. You know, I believe that parenting is a skill. Yeah. Um, like every skill, it's something that we have to practice uh, and learn more about and something we can get better and better at. So, you know, I definitely don't hold parents um, in a sense. I don't expect them to know what they don't know. Right, since parenting is a skill. And step up and maybe go get educated, go learn, go read. I mean, that's one of the great things about your book and your website. I mean, there's a lot of questions that can be answered just by following people like you, Erica, that know what they're talking about and have done research on this. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, there's so many good resources out there for parents. Um, And I do, you know, the one thing that I would say is, you know, there's a lot, as I said, there's a lot of great information. The only thing that I would caution um, you know, your listeners about is to make sure that it's not just based on someone's personal experience or anecdotal experience. Make sure that the advice that you're getting has some basis in research. Yeah. You know, evidence-based 
facts is what you know what we're looking for because there's a lot of great research on uh, parenting and child development that really looks at groups um, and the best kind of research is using random samples um, and is not biased toward one group or another so so that's the only thing that I would say in yeah. terms of looking out there at the vast amount of information that's out there and there's a lot of good um, but making sure that it's fact-based well, that's what I love too because because of your work you you do evidence-based you know, studies and research. So teach us what are some of the things that we as parents could do relatively, you know, quickly, I mean, learn relatively quickly and then implement that would would have a bigger impact on our children and their ability to be respectful, you know, decent kids. Well, the one thing, you know, that I would start with, and I said this earlier, is, you know, first you have to notice it. So a lot of, you know, in my book, What Great Parents Do, a lot of great parenting comes down to paying attention. Yeah. You know, that's that's so one of the true. cornerstones of great parenting is just noticing what's happening yeah. and paying attention to yourself, your child, and, you know, what's happening in the situation. Without that, you can't really do much of anything. Well, that's it. Yeah. How many times have you gone to a park and you see parents talking and their kids are beating each other up? Yeah, and, and there's the parents, that too. No sure. one's watching. No one's paying attention. Right. But, I mean, I guess that's part of the exhaustion. I mean, we're, we're exhausted. We get tired, and yet— and that, we're busy. Yeah, and you're busy, and life's yeah. happening, and you still mm-hmm. have to do everything else. So mm-hmm. we need to pay attention. Are there signs we should be looking for that are just—they're telling us that maybe we are raising a little—a child that's not quite getting the lessons of respect? Well, I think the thing to really start paying attention to is how your children behave with you. You know, a lot of parents are very vigilant about their children's behavior and manners with other people, especially other adults, and wouldn't miss um, if something happened in that situation. But we tend to be less mindful of or notice less when those same interactions happen with us, again, for some of the reasons that I was talking about earlier. So I think starting with uh, how your children are behaving with you, how they're speaking to you, the words they're using, the body language, you know, both verbal and nonverbal communication. One of my favorite strategies for doing that, and again, it starts with paying attention, but it's something that I call a replay. And a replay basically is exactly what it sounds like. It's doing the scene over again, almost like in an acting studio. Mm. And so you would start a replay by, first of all, noticing what's happening and starting with uh, what I call stopping the action. So you'd stop the action and very matter-of-factly point out the behavior. So, for example, you might say, you know, let's say your child was interrupting you when you were talking to somebody else. Yeah. You might say, honey, I know you want to get my attention, but you're interrupting me right now. You know, it's always important to give children the benefit of the doubt and have the lens on them that... They intend to do better, and they are works in progress. You know, if we approach our children as if, you know, they're making us crazy or, um, you know, what's wrong with them, eventually that lens can, you know, have an effect on how they see themselves. So we want to give our children the benefit of the doubt and assume they just didn't know what they were doing. Because they don't pay attention to what they're doing either. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right? And without a put down, without a, oh, looks like somebody's being annoying. Yeah. Like like sarcasm, just... Just and that's, you know, stop exactly. it. And that goes back to paying attention to ourselves. If we're in a bad mood or we're having a bad day, it can be, if we're not noticing that about ourselves, it can be very easy to, again, unintentionally lash out at our kids yeah. and say things that we wouldn't say in other circumstances when we were more calm, more peaceful, less frantic. Oh, right? that's, that's huge. So we stop the action and then you point out the behavior. Point out the behavior. So, yeah. It's a very matter-of-fact statement about what's happening. Yeah. You know, Direct. Um, you're interrupting me right now would be kind of the most basic situation. The next step would be, you know, why is this problematic? What's wrong with 
interrupting. Yeah. You know, so in this really simple example, it's just kind of a social norm. Interrupting is not nice manners. So you kind of are explaining to them why what they're doing is problematic, right? But in a very matter-of-fact way. It's not blaming them. It's just saying the, the attitude, the unspoken attitude is almost, you probably didn't know this, but, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of the demeanor behind the words. Just right? filling you in. Just exactly, fill, yeah, exactly. So then, you know, the third step would be what should they do instead? You know, a lot of times if we are only pointing something out and saying it's a problem and we don't fill in the blanks for our kids, they'll probably just try something else, which may or may not be even better. Mm -hmm. And especially with young kids, uh, it generally works best just to tell them what they could do instead. And with older kids, you probably want to have a discussion if it's possible, either then or come back to it later and discuss, you know, when you want to get my attention and I'm talking to somebody else, what are some good ways that you could achieve that and still use nice manners? And you could make it into a conversation and even some role-playing around that. But with younger kids, I think you should just tell them. So, you know, in this example, what's the alternative behavior? You could say, please wait until there's a pause in the conversation or say, excuse me, if you, yeah. if you just can't wait. Something like that. Again, it's so situation-specific, so you can't be too precise. Yeah. And it's not about having a script about no, yeah. exactly what you say. It's about a series of moves, you know, a series, a step-by-step process that you customize to who you are and what your values are and what your child is like. You know, some children need a lot of firmness. But yeah. Some children would re- react really negatively to that, and they need a much gentler hand. So, again, it so much depends on you and your child. Let's, uh, I love it. And let's do this, Erica. Let's take a break, and then I want you to finish what we should do. So we should stop the action, point out matter-of-factly the behavior. Describe a behavior and why it's problematic. Suggest the alternative. When we come back, Erica's going to teach us what else we do. This is how we correct our children when they're being disrespectful. Uh, Great insight, great lessons from Dr. Erica Reicher. We will be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show talking about how not to raise a brat or a disrespectful child. We'll be right back. You're listening to the BYU uh, radio program. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That song is Beautiful Boy by John Lennon, uh, dedicated to me by James Birdsall. Actually, no, that song was written for his son, Sean. Oh, really? Yes. Sean Lennon. Yes. Sean's famous. That's actually kind of magical, though. It's dedicated from me to you about Sean. It's awkward. Right there. That's magic. Anyway, we're talking about brats today. Uh, not brats, but disrespectful at times, children. Um, I was just given an update on a news story from what city, Sean? Uh, it's a city called Colma. Actually, Dr. Reicher may know the area. I think she's in that area. Apparently, it's in the Bay Area of uh, San, Francisco, you know, San Francisco Bay Area. It was, a, it was a parenting moment gone awry. A lady in a Colma store um, actually was uh, faced with a, a mother uh, there with a child. The child was throwing a fit, a tantrum. Yeah. Uh, the other lady asked the mother to try and calm the children, child down, supposedly in a nice way. Well, they got into a little bit of an argument about oh, it. Oh, boy. Here we and go. And then mom kind of attacked the lady in the parking lot. Mama bear. Yeah. See, and then all of a sudden they're duking it out in the parking lot, which I'm going to ask the expert right here, 
I'm going to bet that's not good for raising a respectful child. Well, I would say that's not modeling good behavior or problem-solving behavior. Erica, where were you? That is by your house. You need to get (laughs) these people in your workshops. (laughs) I'm in Oakland. Are you in Oakland? Do you know where Colma is? I do. I think that's uh, uh, near San Francisco. Yeah, Yeah, so it's it's San Francisco's problem. Yeah. It's not Oakland. It's on the other side. I think it's near Daly City, actually. It's everybody's problem. It is. No, but you know what? That's a great point. We're talking with Dr. Erica Reicher. She is a parent coach, an author, a psychologist. She has private practice in Oakland, California, and she has an upcoming book, What Great Parents Do, The Small Book of Big Parenting Ideas. When does that come out, Erica? That will probably be next year. It takes forever, doesn't it? It, Yeah, it's a long process. Tedious. Yes. And um, and yet, to me, it's something we need desperately. It's 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 going to give us some tools to to handle some of some behavior, how to fix some problems, and, and um, you've already kind of been walking us through a process on this. And this is the process. Um, what what is this? The process to correct a behavior when they've been disrespectful, how to real time correct it. It is. It's a real-time correction, but it's also a process that you need to repeat again and again because children, again, don't learn something usually instantaneously. And so um, don't be surprised when you have to, as I like to say in my practice, lather, rinse, repeat. (laughs) You're going to have to do it again and again and again and try to stay calm and patient and matter-of-fact. You know, parenting is not an efficient (laughs) thing. And we, we have a lot of repetition. And, you know, what we're trying to do with our kids is help them build new skills and new habits. And so that takes practice for them. Just and and model it like us. like what wasn't happening in that sad situation in um, Colma. But we need to we need to we need to model it. And so what you've taught us is we stop the action. Mm-hmm. Honey, don't don't talk or don't interrupt while I'm having a conversation. It's mm-hmm. did you do you do you say do you do you define like is it's rude or what do you say? I would um, you I do it's think inappropriate. the reason, you know, why is the behavior problematic? But I avoid, wor- you know, yeah, rude. rude or a little bit loaded. So yeah. I try to be a little more neutral if possible. Again, yeah. you know, this, this also requires me to be very centered and to be paying attention and to kind of monitoring and editing as I'm speaking. And that's a lot to do in our busy lives. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you start, you stop the action, point out the behavior, it's point not out what's happening. Why is it problematic? Yep. And just so you know, for your listeners who are who are following this, if they want to read these steps that are written out, they can go to my website on my blog, and there's a post there that speaks to this issue specifically. Which is doctordrericar dot com. Doctordrericar dot com, and it's the blog post. Yeah, so d r e r i c a r dot com. Yeah, and the blog post is called "Kids Not Respecting You." Here's what to do. Yeah. So you could just search on the keyword respect, and it would bring that blog post up. But another thing you teach is in this process, don't gratify their behavior. Don't give in. Yes. Or you've right. created the, – that's the monster creator. No, that's, yeah, again, definitely. that's all negative. But that's, sometimes it's giving in, and sometimes yeah. it's just not noticing. Again, it comes back to paying attention so much. So definitely. So if your child is interrupting you and you stop what you're doing and – Let's say they're interrupting you to get you some, you know, to get something to drink. Yeah. Right. Um, if if you are just kind of wanting them to stop interrupting you, and so for that reason you stop what you're doing and go get them what they're wanting, then you've just taught them that that works. Yep. And so who can blame them no. for repeating that behavior? And we're creatures it, of habit, right? So yeah. if that worked, I'll just do that next time. Exactly. And even if 
it works sometimes, it's worth trying again, but, you know, which is why consistency is so important. When we're inconsistent, we get tested more and more. Our children will try things that worked in the past, even if it only worked sometimes. sometimes. But again, you know, we don't want to be forceful with our kids. Right. It's not about, that's not going to work with me, because, you know, that's not the kind of interaction you want to have with your kids. It's just, it just doesn't work. But it's important to point out to them why it's not working. As, right. you know, we talked about, I can see you want my attention, but that's interrupting, and interrupting is not nice manners. Yeah. Please wait till there's a pause in the conversation or say, excuse me. You know what? Yeah, uh, I love that you're... your conversation and, and try to in- ignore them yeah. <laughs> until they try one of the things that you've just asked them to do. Well, and you're relating to the child and you're modeling communication. You're communicating with the child as you're mm-hmm. modeling what we should do. I mean, it's brilliant because a lot of times it seems like we just say no. Yeah. And there's no clarity. There's yeah, no direction. Mm-hmm. So you're actually modeling how to do it as you're doing it. Yes. It's brilliant. Yeah. And then you say, ask for a replay. Is that where you say no? So what and did I say? The replay is after you've explained to them, you know, what's the problem with the behavior, why it's not okay, what they could do instead, now you're giving them a chance to do it again. And so the replay says, okay, now let's, let's do this again, right? And you can either do it in the moment or you can come back to the situation later. You know, sometimes yeah. you can't always stop what you're doing to have this conversation. So you have to do what I say, you know, stopping the action and and ask for a pause, right? And you're going to come back to it. It's a placeholder, you might call it. So the replay says, you know, something like, let's try that again. You need to get my attention. How can you do that? And if you've given them the alternative, like, say, excuse me, when they say, excuse me, mom, can I have something to drink? You say, yes, sweetie. How can I help you? And so now you're showing, look, that worked. What you just did worked. And watch. And yeah. now you're going to get what you want. So this goes to another issue that I've talked about in, um, on my blog, which is goals and methods. It's very important to make a distinction between our children's goals and their methods. The goals are the things that they're trying to get, right? Yeah. Um, that could be in this example, they want a glass of milk, right? The method in this particular example we've been using today is interrupting, right? Right. If interrupting, which is the method, produces the goal, then that's the method that's going to be tried again and again and again if it works even you know some of the time or most of the time but you can see that in the example the goal there's nothing wrong with what they're wanting a glass Mm -hmm. of milk for example it's a worthy goal and there's we would agree that there's nothing wrong with that it's the way that they're going about it their method or their means that's problematic so we want to teach them how they can achieve their goals with more appropriate and in this case well-mannered methods Mm mm-hmm Right? So, so we can acknowledge and even empathize with their goal. You, know, you could even say, sweetie, I know you want a glass of milk, but when you interrupt me, that's not nice manners. See, that's ends and means. That is, I teach exactly. this to adults all day long. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, we get so hung up, don't we? And we don't validate an end or a goal, and we just we invalidate. Anyway, we just focus on the inappropriate means and fight about yeah, how we do stuff. that's a great point. Yeah, and I think it's so important for adults and children, and this works, as you know, with Everybody, people yeah. of all ages. It works with our kids. It works with our spouses. It works with our coworkers, our colleagues, um, strangers. If you can empathize and acknowledge with what this person is really after, it's so much easier than to have a conversation about you know the method or the means and yeah. why that's not working for you. And the, it's, there's a thousand means to one end. Sure. So let's yeah. just find another one that works better for both of us. Exactly. And 99 times out of 100, the goal is not problematic at all. It's right. just the way that someone's going about it. Isn't that... You know, it, they're really just adults, <laughs> young, yeah. young, yeah. young adults. I mean, in a way, yeah. in a way, I mean, I know there's a lot, a lot of developmental differences, but really, I mean, I know a lot of adults that you wonder. 
Where, well, you know, you the know. sad truth is a lot of adults didn't get a chance to no. learn that skill that we're talking about trying to teach our kids. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Um, it's it's a skill, and and it's it's almost just seems like we need to we need to take this on more. I mean, you see all these do-it-yourselfers that are, you know, going to Home Depot or whatever to learn how to retile their kitchen. Mm-hmm. But if we put that same energy or a similar amount of energy into parenting, mm-hmm. holy cow! Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like yeah, but there's not a Home Depot for parents. Yeah. But parenting is such a long-term project, yeah, it it's, it's sometimes hard to feel like there's anything really going on in the same way that you are with a, yep. you know, a big home improvement project that feels like, I'll do this and then it's done and I'll really notice it. You know, parenting is a minute-by-minute, day-by-day, week-by-week, year-by-year, and it, you know, as they say, you know, the days are long and the years are short. And, you know, these, all of these interactions do have a cumulative effect, but in any given moment, on any given day, it just doesn't feel like... It can often feel like it. it what it's not moving. Does it make? And then it seems like too, as they grow, you know, your your methods have to change. You have to find yeah. another way to do it. Yeah. Well, I think you just have to be a little more sophisticated because your children are more sophisticated. Yeah. And it also helps to have been practicing some of these things in advance because then you set up, um, you know, communication habits with your children that are positive and constructive for both of you. Yeah. Right. If you're in the habit of being forceful with your young children and you haven't. Uh, set up a different way of relating to them or a different way of conveying expectations and boundaries, then when your child is a teenager, you're really in for oh. a pretty big power struggle because they have a lot more power and resources and sophistication at that point than would you know your four-year-old, than your 14-year-old. Let's, let's, uh, let's go in detail on that. When we, let's take a break. When we come back, I want you to answer kind of the age-old issue. Why do I have to, why do I have to ask five times before they'll do something? And then I have to yell and I go off. We're going to find out. Dr. Erica Reicher is going to teach us. Go to her website, drericar.com, Dr. Erica R. And uh, you can start looking at her blogs. Her frequently asked questions are there as well. Great stuff. Good insight, my friends. If you have a question for Dr. Riker, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-242-8298. Give us a call. We'll get you on the, the line here, and you can ask any question about parenting you want to Erica. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Rod Stewart, man, forever young. That guy's forever young. I think that's what happens when you have that long flowing hair, James. You get that long flowing hair, you can be forever young. Speaking of forever young, February 16th, Sean's turning 50 years old. No, I turned 50 before that. Mark it on the calendar. Get your kids out of school. February 1st, actually. February 1st. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Forever young. I hope so. What's going on on the 16th? I thought I heard the 16th. No, that's, been, that's, this is just a different day. That's my doctor's appointment. Oh! Let's celebrate your doctor's appointment. Yeah. It really needs to be brought up on this show. <laughs> Don't ever say something off the air because I have an incredible memory. I'll remember that. I have, a, I have an incredible memory for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forget <laughs> 
Okay, nobody, everybody go scratch that off your calendar. February 16th, not an important day for everybody, just an important day for Sean. It's not the 16th, by the way. But we will be bringing the details. <clears throat> That's what the Matt Townsend show is for. Hey, folks, uh, do you have a child that seems to be a little disrespectful? Maybe they, um, you know, they don't, they interrupt. We just learned about, you know, how we can maybe do a gentle correction, but I mean, firm, but real, real time correction. Here's the question for our guest today. Our guest is Dr. Erica Reicher. She um, is uh, has a private practice in Oakland, California. She's a psychologist, a parent coach, an author. She's also um, done some research and, and has based all of this material on evidence-based approaches to mental health and well-being. And so her parenting skills, very well researched. She's the author of a book that will be out in uh, 2015, What Great Parents Do, The Small Book of Big Parenting Ideas. And today I've got a question for you, Erica. This is critical. I see this in my house all the time. And it probably says something about my parenting skills. I'm listening. Are you ready? My children, um, my wife will say something like, okay, come eat. And no one will move. Mm-hmm. You guys, come eat. Nothing. And about four times later, and me hearing my wife and then her looking at me like, are you going to do something? And I go all ninja. I go all ninja. And I'm like, come on, we're eating. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, you didn't need to go like that. And I'm like, well, you started. Th-. And then it turns into chaos. <laughs> what are we supposed to do, Erica, so we don't have to tell our kids to do something ten times? So that is a really common situation, and you're in good company. I think every parent has experienced that, sometimes more than once a day. So, yeah, that's right. Um, I call the pattern ask, 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 yell, and <laughs> one of my clients calls it nice mommy, nice mommy, mean mommy. Yep. And it goes something like this. Just like you said, you, you say, get your shoes on, or it's time to eat, and they don't seem to hear you. So you ask again, and maybe you ask again, and maybe again, and maybe again, and you're resolving to be patient because you don't want to yell. Right. At some point, either the situation becomes urgent enough or you just start getting frustrated enough that your resolve to be patient suddenly evaporates, and then you yell. Yep. Oftentimes what happens then is it gets your children's attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you know what happens then is that you you're creating inadvertently a really dysfunctional communication dynamic because what happens is they're learning that they can ignore you until you yell. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, and you're learning from their response that you need to yell to get their attention. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what works, right? So, Ugh. um, so, you know, you're sending the message. What usually happens is when you ask something, you know, either children respond, but if they don't, uh, you know, sometimes Parents just give up and do it themselves or ignore the request. They let it go. Yeah. And then other times they ask and ask and ask until they get to the point where they yell. And so, you know, kids are noticing that in one way or another, and they've learned that they can ignore you and that you only really mean it if you do yell. So, again, you know, what do you do instead, which is, you know, I think the question that you started out with. I throw a tennis ball. (laughs) And by the way, when you start throwing a tennis ball at my house, everyone pays attention. Yeah. Because I have like five boys. Oh. And they perk up, and then all, everyone's like, hey, throw it to me, Dad. Well, that would be better than yelling. Sure. I know. It, it is, isn't it? Isn't it? But we don't throw it in a mean way, but all of a sudden, everyone's awake. And then, yeah. then, you, then you'd just be replacing yelling with the tennis then ball. Then i got to carry a tennis that ball mean everywhere. That doesn't mean until he throws the tennis ball. That's right. <laughs> Has Dad got a ball? No. Okay, ignore <laughs> Okay, never mind. That's right. Continue. So what do we do? Well, you know, to teach your kids to listen to you the first time, you have to 
cultivate the habit in them, so to speak, of paying attention to what you say. And part of this habit is paying attention to how you talk to them. So as you can see, a lot of this goes back to us as parents. It always does. So, um, you know, yelling does get kids' attention, but it is problematic because, as I said, it contributes to a dysfunctional pattern of communication. And we know from research that yelling may have harmful effects on kids that are comparable even to physical punishment, like hitting. Mm. So we really do want to dial down. It's not just an issue of volume, by the way. It's really an issue of the tone and tenor of what we're saying. You know, volume is important, but, you know, there's a difference between being loud volume-wise and yelling, which has a kind of aggressive tone to it. Yeah. And children whose parents are verbally aggressive tend to have lower self-esteem, higher aggressiveness of their own, and more depression. So it's something that's worth working on. So what do you do instead? So, um, And I actually recently wrote about this on Psychology Today. So... Uh, if your listeners are interested you there, there's a, it's on, it's actually on still, I think on the homepage of psychology today, the article is called how to get your kids to listen the first time. There you go. So here's the, here's the, let me give you an overview. Okay. So the first thing is you have to be sure your kids really heard you. Well, maybe they're hearing impaired. Maybe they're having a problem. <laughs> well, it could be. And certainly you could talk to your pediatrician sure. and make sure they rule out any hearing issues. But you know, a lot of times kids, um, you know, shouting across the house or up or down the stairs doesn't really count. You know, kids may not be ignoring you on purpose. There's some research that shows that kids, especially kids under 14, are very easily distracted. We know (laughs) this. We've seen it happen again and again. And they don't always notice what's happening right around them that seems obvious to an adult. And this is called peripheral awareness. Wow. And so when, when they're lacking peripheral awareness or they're limited in that, it can keep them from registering what's happening right around them, including a parent who's standing right there talking to them, even when it seems to us that it's impossible to miss. How did you so not you hear that? Yeah. that possibility. Right. But they're really just, they're kind of in a bubble. Yeah, they can be in a bubble. So if, so if that's the case, and, but there is a caveat to that, and I'll get to that in a second. But So, so if, realize they may not be ignoring you on purpose, right? So make sure that they really hear you. So with young kids, that means kneel down in front of them and make eye contact while you're talking to them, and even possibly you know, a nice touch on the arm or a little pat on the back or some other kind of positive physical contact can be really helpful. With older kids who may not want you to touch them yeah. or you know, they're too cool for that, Go for a minimum of eye contact and some acknowledgement that they heard you. Don't assume they heard you just because you would hear you if you were standing right. where they were. Right? Yeah. So give them the benefit of the doubt. That's important. That said, um, even though they may not be ignoring you on purpose, realize they may be ignoring you on purpose. Uh-huh. So what do I mean by that? Sometimes kids will test their parents to see what happens if they do ignore you. Tennis ball. Yeah. Well... Kids are always trying to figure out, just as adults are, how does the world work? How do I get what I want? How does this person respond to this? How does that person respond to this? So it's what I call a social experiment. They're always doing social experiments, not consciously per se, but, but they're always trying to figure out what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? So this is very important information for kids, right, and a really normal part of development. So there's nothing at all wrong with it. But they may be testing you to see what happens if they do ignore you. And so you need to show them that, if they ignore, you know, ignoring you is not really an option, not because you're going to be forceful and punish them, but because you're not just going to give up. That is, you wouldn't think of them doing that, but it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? They're just checking kind of boundaries sure, and their limits. Exactly. Interesting. Right, because, you know, it's very useful information to know if you can ignore somebody. Oh, yeah. It saves you a lot of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do I need to do? What don't I need to do? Interesting. Exactly. So, um, you know, 
this is what I call the social experiment. You know, kids are always experimenting, whether they think of it that way or not, in the natural world and in the social world. And you see more natural world experiments with young kids, you know, dropping things, painting things, eating things, painting things, shaking things. You see that a lot with babies and toddlers. With older kids and with adults also, they're doing social experiments, right? How does this person work? How do I get what what I want from them? What if I say this? What do they do if I do that, right? When we can be predictable and consistent, and teach our kids through our response to them that we mean what we say, that we're calm, that we're reasonable, that we're fair-minded, then that's what they come to expect from us. And, and testing us doesn't get them any more information because they will get the same response every right. time. So then what do you say? Uh, then, then, then let's say they are testing us a little bit, but the goal would then be whatever we do, be predictable and consistent in our approach. And yes, and matter of fact and fair minded, right? So yeah. we don't want to be predictably angry, angry all the time or, yeah. or predictably yelling. So we want our, our predictable response to be something that we feel good about in the long term, you know, That's something great. that we wouldn't mind our children. Uh, taking on as their own yeah. behavior. I always think of it. What would I want my kids to say about me at my funeral? Yeah, that's that's one good way to think about that. I think that's a great question to ask yourself. They don't want, behave in a way yeah. that teaches them that about you. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember how Dad wouldn't feed us if we came to the table late? <laughs> Do you remember how we that's starved? Do you remember how our brother that had bad hearing never ate and lost two hundred pounds? Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate, uh, Erica, what you're teaching us. I think, honestly, um, just as a dad, it's there's no end to the help we could get. And I, I highly recommend that they go check out your website, which is drericar.com. Dr. D-R, Erica R.com. Dr. Dr. Erica R. She really, uh, she's very helpful and, and a ton of great resources. The blog is there, a lot of FAQs as well as just parenting tips and stuff like that. She's got workshops. So parents, let's, let's step it up and let's not just call them a brat. You know, that's just slang. People are being disrespectful and we, the best way to correct disrespect is to be respectful. Appreciate Dr. Erica Reicher and uh, look forward to her upcoming book. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. When I come back, I'll do a little Coach's Corner. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM, 143 BYU Radio. It's my Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. We've been covering the topic of how not to raise a brat, which, um, you know, we always kind of tend to think kids are brats, but really they're just little adults wrapped up in a brat package. Are they really just little versions of us? I think in a lot of ways they are. I mean, we, they've got developmentally stuff going on, but so do adults. I mean, well, a lot yeah. of people didn't learn certain things from their parents when they needed to learn them. And I think what we're finding out and what we learned from Dr. Erica Reicher is, hey, parents, uh, you gotta, you got to be in the game. you got to be in the game teaching your children what works, what doesn't. So in uh, the Coach's Corner today, I decided I am going to be discussing – a really cool article I found uh, called The 35 Things I Hope My Kids Will Say About Me, Their Father, Someday. 35? Well, there you're going to see. It's a long list. These are all really the valuable lessons that we as parents need to be providing. James, are you listening? 
I am listening. Check. You are not a father. No. All right. Yet. <laughs> um, not married. Yet. 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 But you do have a friend, uh, Meredith. Yes. Wonderful woman. Uh, missing a digit and a half. <laughs> And these are 35 things I hope my kids will say about their dad. And this was written by Joshua Becker on the, on the blog becomingminimalist.com. Are you ready, James? Ready. <sighs> he loved us. You want your dad to love you, right? So not only are we supposed to teach communication skills, we also need to love him. And again, if we're yelling at him all the time, they're going to be wondering – does he love us? Does he really love us? Or does he – and like when they spill something on your floor, does he love us more than the floor? Yeah. Right. He loved our mom. Dads, we should be teaching our kids that we love their mom, you know, and not just around dinner time. Mm-hmm. We love her through dessert, through a midnight snack, and for breakfast. That just sounds like it's all about food. We should uh, be able to say about our dad, he was spiritual. He valued things bigger than this world, and he kept his eyes open for them. He was always looking for something spiritual. That's pretty cool. He worked hard. He understood the value of a hard day's work and wasn't afraid of it. But he always came home on time. He worked hard at his job, but when he he knew it was time to quit, he quit for the day. That's pretty cool. How hard Mm -hmm. is that? He cared about uh, people more than money. It's a good lesson. He was a good friend. Everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't be friends with your kids. Yeah. No, but you can show them how to be good friends with your friends. Huh? You can be an example. That's exactly right. And how to be a good friend and how to, and how to deal with a friend that's not so good. Exactly. He was generous with his home, with his money, with his time, with his energy. He made us laugh. It was fun to spend time with dad. He loved to read. That's a great lesson. My dad and mom mm-hmm. both major readers. Yeah, my dad would leave a, read us bedtime stories, usually Lord of the Rings. It was great. Really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So that's where this fantasy world of yours was born. Yeah, it all started uh, several years ago because of that. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Indeed. Oh. Indeed. Well, thanks, Dad. You've created a monster. <laughs> Uh, he had our best in mind. He, Dad always had our best ideas in mind. We were disciplined, but it never felt motivated by anger, only love. He always had a great hope. His hope was new. It was alive, and it was lasting. He was proud of us. He pushed us to improve. He saw the best in people. He loved his family. He was always good to mom. He had a smile every morning. Oh, jeez. I can't do that one. I'm not a morning person. I have a smile every evening. Okay. What do you do when you don't smile? You I, wake, a, I wake my kids up in the morning, actually. You do? Yeah. With like a kiss? And do you like pull no, open the blinds? And I the turn kiss? on the light. Oh, you do? <laughs> but that's because I've made breakfast and breakfast is ready. Oh, that's, you're a good dad. Uh, I made Pop-Tarts once. You're still making breakfast. That's breakfast of champions. You're still a great dad. Kids love that. I go up with my, my youngest and I'll, I'll sit next to him. Actually, I end up basically sleeping next to them. Mm-hmm. And I eat their Halloween candy. No, that's the tax. That's the tax. That's the tax. You bring Halloween candy into the house, there is a tax so the, Mine had paid the tax, but the, I'm actually – I'm fining them $200 mm-hmm. 
because I had to walk up the stairs to get him out of bed. Yes. So I just take a slight $200 tax and uh, usually in the form of a Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. A little mini. Not a mini because those are too small. Those uh, are way too small. The, uh, the fun size. Fun size. Yeah. yeah fun size. Anyway, you got to find you got to find the house in your neighborhood that's actually giving out the full size. I know my kids found it, and interestingly, they I, ate that before they no, got home. No, they didn't. Uh, they fought over one of the Hershey bars, and it landed in our sticky mouse trap. Oh, so that they kinda, weren't fighting over it very long. No, it killed, it killed the mood. <laughs> but uh, I did. My son did come out with his hand stuck to a trap. <laughs> so the neat thing about sticky traps, uh, A, they do catch mice because we've caught four. Mm-hmm. And B, they also catch 10-year-old boys. There you go. Very but effective. you have to use a bigger bait. <laughs> a, a Hershey bar. A Hershey bar, full-size Hershey bar. Again, we're talking about the 35 things I hope my kids will say about their dad. Joshua Becker wrote this on the website becomingminimalist.com. A few more. Just a few more ideas. So not, we're not to depress you, but if we can get you know half of these, if we can get some of these. Dad was unselfish. See, hmm. my kids think I'm selfish because I don't share my beverages. And you eat their candy. And I eat their candy. I, they don't, I'm taxing. I'm giving them a fine, a two, $200 fine. But I'm not charging dollars. I'm just charging. Candy bars. Candy bars. Fun size. Uh, Dad was quick to forgive. He didn't let culture dictate his beliefs. I mean, how many people mm-hmm. have handed down cultural beliefs about minorities or whatever? Right. And man, mm, and then you're you're fighting off a tradition of your fathers for the rest of your life. Tough stuff. Um, for some reason, I couldn't get away with lying to him. Wow. What if the tradition your father left you was that he 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 could detect your lies? And if a parent, like she was saying earlier, would just pay attention, I bet you we could detect a lot of lies. Mm-hmm. You just got to look in their eyes. If they get twitchy, then you got them. That's how I know James is lying. My eyes twitch all uh, the time. Twitchy eye. Oh, you just have twitchy eye. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's a little. It's, an, tick, it's yeah. a medical problem. Well, yeah, yeah. That's I guess that you could call that. Yeah. Does Marianne know about it? No. Well, maybe she might because it's always twitching. So she probably thinks you're winking at her. Mm-hmm. That's see, it plays to my advantage. She's like, he's so romantic. He's always winking at me, and I'm like, no, he's just twitchy. Uh, Dad treated his body well. That's great. You're in great shape. Ripped, That's huge. Like me. Dad loved his job. And he knew the difference between a want and a need. See, those are some good things. Those are very good. He loved good. eating meals together. I love eating meals together. It's fun. I know. We, I, we have breakfast together in the morning and then we have dinner at night. See. As much as possible. That is so cool. You're, you're – your table is your altar, your family altar. Kind of. Uh, guess what's my family altar? So is the movie theater, but that's, yeah, another, that's, that's another way. But that's great, too. That's a great tradition. My family altar is my bed. The only one of these that I think my kids could just easily say is, he knew how to rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's pitiful. Nobody in my family can rest like I can. I rest so deeply. Fluids leave my mouth. Wow. That's incredible. Weird. Anyway, that's the coach's corner. Uh, tons of stuff, right? Dads, we could all step up. We got to be better. Moms, those would work for you too. It doesn't have to be gender specific. 35 things I hope my kids will say about their dad and mom. I've added to it. Go to becomingminimalist.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Meg Conley 
I believe, is going to be in the house. She's the queen, you know. If this doesn't, if if a little time with Meg Conley doesn't change you, I don't know what on earth will. Uh, put on your seatbelt. Keep your hands in at all times. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Cats in the Cradle. Speaking of a cat <laughs> in the cradle, Meg Conley's in the house. I'm not even sure what that means. Meg Conley. We're going to call her today Mark Conley. I look adorable. Meg got a haircut. In fact, <laughs> she got them all cut. It's very short. I would say Your hair is shorter than my hair. It might be. It and might be. grayer. Whatever. I got it dyed, too. This is dark and luscious. Okay. I just tricked you, and you just <laughs> stated that you have your hair dyed. Of course I do. It was blonde the last time I was in, and now it's like a dark mm. mahogany. I like your hair. Thank you. It's it's short. Yeah. You look like my brother. So, I, again, like your your brother is very effeminate, which there's oh, yeah. no Nothing problem wrong with, with that. that. Nothing no. wrong with no. that. I'll go shopping with him. Uh, he's a great shopper. That's great. I actually don't have a brother. Mmm. So you kind of brought up a sad <laughs> thing for me. I always wanted a brother. Did you? I did. Uh, Margaret I was... keeps asking for a brother. Well, what... and I'm like, we'll get a dog. Well, why don't we? Why don't we get a brother? Yeah, I don't know. Two is like this nice. Well, two girls uh, and then one number. boy. <laughs> you know, um, a, a three-legged stool is more stable than a two-legged stool. Are my daughters the legs of a stool? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I just keep telling her maybe we'll get a dog, but I don't really want a dog either. So no, dogs are hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I want kids neither. are a lot easier. You think they're easier? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Meg Conley's in the house from the website uh, that runs Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Meganprogress.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great that's it. site. When it's, it's really up, great. Uh, James and I were just talking about it the other day. When it is up, it's easily, it's it's one of the best sites that's that. That um, you write. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you and James talk about me when I'm not around. Loud yeah. and clear, guys. Yeah, yeah, Loud yeah. and clear. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird, James? How she pulled that out of all the things she could have pulled out of the conversation. That's what she got. Not that weird. Silver lining. <laughs> Silver lining, Meg. Meg uh, has been on national television. Yeah, she's appeared on Good Morning America. Uh, she was an extra, one of the people in the back window waving. <laughs> she was window waver number three. I would never. Good Morning America came to me. To wave? Which is a way of saying they didn't think I was worth the ticket out there. But they <laughs> did come to me. <laughs> but they, 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 Yeah. They just sent a crew over. Sure. Yeah. And you've been on Nightline. Yeah. But that was for the hearings. Sure. <laughs> and then you were on the Steve Harvey show. Interesting thing about the three shows you've been on nationally. Yeah. There, there are three different genres, really. Yeah, I have mass appeal. Like, is, I can't even help myself over appeal. here. <laughs> What's the problem? Like, a lot of people just do one genre. Like, they'll just do news and they'll go in depth sure. on every show. Sure. But you kind of just hit each show. Yeah. You know how, like, jack of all trades, mm. like, not really good at one thing, but okay at a bunch of things? Oh, yeah. It's my Bam. Name. Right here. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> Meg Conley. <laughs> hey, Meg, um, I don't know if you know this. Yeah. But, uh, we do the show every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two hours a day. Yeah. 
And um, a lot of people we find out like your segments. They're very kind. Maybe they sense like my my neediness for approval. In fact, I, ju- I really want people to like me. Like I really want people to like me. When someone doesn't like me, I'm like, what can I do? She seems so needy to make you like That's me. It. That's Would you like a say. cookie? Yeah, you, did you bring us anything? No, but it, it kind of smells like food in it here. Does, I think it's on your sweater. It's not. <laughs> because it, it has never smelled you like food in here. It's also, no, it's not. That's, You're like catering like an event downstairs or maybe something. Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. that's it. I yeah. smell garlic. Plus, I am hungry because I'm seeing your topic, how not to raise a brat. Yeah. But brat. I'm, You're reading, brat. I'm reading it as brat. Oh, I, I want a bratwurst really badly. If you could raise a brat. I would eat it. Uh, I would eat it so fast. <laughs> I'd raise a dozen, but it's brats. but it's been a good it's been a good show because here's the thing. Yeah, as parents, have you been listening? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. What I, was your favorite? Just just quickly, what was your favorite part of the I show? I think it was the part where you were talking about like we just we just need to be open and yeah. listen huh? and and connect with our children. Um, Do you remember that part? <laughs> was that was that today's show? That wasn't today's you show. You kind of sound like a Jewish grandmother just now. Did was I, that today's show? Was that, was that today's show? Because I don't remember, I remember that Oh, part. my favorite part is right now, I mean, when I'm on. There you go. Yeah, there it is. Wait no, a... but as parents, we ask ourselves that question, but we may not want to admit it. Like, Wait, oh my gosh, question? am I raising a brat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How no. do I not raise a brat? This well, is terrifying. Well, that's a question I ask. How are you not raising a brat? Well, here's the thing. So there's like a lot of- Because your kids are angels. <laughs> They're very sweet. Which surprises me. Yeah. I mean, they can be... <laughs> they're cute. They and... can be spicy, oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. But they are they're they have gentle natures, for the most part. They do. <laughs> so... But you've got great kids, and um, I, I don't get it. I, I get it. I don't want to be rude, but I you're a busy woman. Sure. Well, and like nature versus nurture, I can't claim credit. Oh, yeah. It's Riley. Yeah. Oh, sure. It's or jeans. Just, they just came like that. Riley's yeah. jeans are pulling away. Except <laughs> yeah. maybe it's your dad's jeans, because your dad has great jeans. Your yeah, mom my, has great jeans. Yeah. You got to talk about my mom. Like, when you don't know, talk about my mom, your she's mom. like, hey, I'm the one that's still here. Oh, totally. She's like, feels very offended. Well, yeah. But your dad, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel an affinity, a closeness. I know. My dad's dad. great. But I do. So I So it requires a lot of experimenting, because I don't know everything. Like, the kids don't come with a handbook. And my five-year-old, for example... We've been having a tough time. The past summer has Why? been really rough. She's been. Why? Uh, she is a very sensitive, incredibly bright kid. Yeah. Do you like how parents make their kids flaws? Yeah. Like really, because they're so yeah, awesome. Yeah, you're accentuating them like they're <laughs> incredible. <laughs> but she really is. So and she's so, just really emotional. So when things are out of her control, she um she feels very anxious. She has mm-hmm. like kind of anxiety problems. Yeah. And then she also um she doesn't like not understanding things. It's yeah. Very frustrating she for wants her. to have understanding because that gives her control yeah exactly and so you know like she heard the term multiplication a few weeks ago oh boy and i mean the fit that ensued because oh. i couldn't figure out how to explain yeah. uh-huh. multiplication to her because she's five yeah. and we're just learning addition what, and which child is this viola zuzu the five-year-old uh, zuzu yeah uh, she's from the zuzu tribe yeah yeah but, um tell her tell zuzu yeah z i call her uh-huh. tell z that uh uncle matt yeah M- multiplication ruined my childhood. Multiplication's awesome. I hate no, it. no, we're teaching her that math is magic. Like, yeah, I, magic's a good we, word for we've it. Been, like, but but just voodoo magic. We, we're, 
we're veering a little bit. <laughs> we are, but, but I just want Susie to know that I, I, I came out okay. Okay, so you came out okay. Yeah. So, but she, and so what happens is when she would really overreact, um, I would get stern because, like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Stern. You're supposed to, like, get them into line. Yeah. And so, and then when she didn't react well to my sternness, which she rarely did, she would start freaking out and I'd say, okay, that's Ooh. it. Time out. Battle of wills. You know that there's a 15 minute time out. Time out. Yeah, time out. You're out of here. Yeah. You know, you can't talk to me that way, you know? And yeah. so, over this summer, because we would both start going crazy, because mm. kids, your kids just get under your skin, yeah. you know? And it's Mine like, but... I didn't know, I, I am like a rage machine yeah. around them sometimes, yeah. right? And so to protect each other from the words that we would say, we st- time out was time happening out. Safety constantly, zone. right? Yeah. But it was awful. She wasn't reacting well to it. She wasn't learning anything. We'd spend the rest of the day trying to get over the two to three timeouts she'd had that day. Wow. It was crazy. Wow. She was. She had three timeout days? Oh, easily. Easily. Okay. And she was angry. Yeah. And I was uncertain about what I should be doing. And it was just like, I'm at my wit's and oh wow i don't know what to do when I, was this all summer you know I, you could have asked me for help i've got a lot of pride <laughs> i'm here i don't know if you know i this. think i I'm mentioned here. that she was hard a couple times this summer was that what it, you and then i code. was like maybe he'll tell me what to do oh. so next time just ask so, okay, next time ask. <laughs> so so obviously the timeout thing wasn't working and yeah. so i had put her in her the last time out um, of, you know, out of many. And I sat down and I was like, you know, trying to drown my sorrows in Facebook and computer links and blah, blah, blah. And I found this link to a Time article that was talking about reasons that parents should abolish timeouts. Ooh. Super interesting. Weird. And so they raised some really great points. And so I thought, okay. But see, it used to be I'm spanking. Try this. So we right. went from spanking to timeouts. Well, so it's Now, inter- I think this is. It can be a slippery slope, it's right? It's a slippery Absolutely. slope. Absolutely. But it is interesting. So yeah, in teaches. Zuzu's case, um, she's a very sensitive kid, and it wasn't accomplishing anything. She wasn't going in there and becoming calmer. She was going in there and like hitting the door because she was okay. so mad she yeah. was in there, right? Um, so in her case, this absolutely applied. Like For kids like her, time, like um, excessive timeouts can make their brains look um, the same way that children who suffer child abuse, their brains look. Really? Because isolation is so horrifying to kids that age like they feel so disconnected so of course i felt like the worst mom ever but that's like not a new feeling well i feel that way a lot (laughs) and i think you feel it too much sure absolutely oh absolutely you need to let that feeling yeah we feel too we're so i decided okay what we're doing isn't working i'm gonna do seven whole days of no timeouts and so there were three simple rules um before i reacted i had to connect with her cool so she pushes her sister she does something totally flagrant before i have any reaction i had to sit down next to her put my arm around her and we had to share a connection zoo yeah because she couldn't hear me if i was she would react if i was that's good that's good yeah our our expert you may not have heard this earlier Our expert taught that very thought. You got to get go. eye to eye, but connection is a great way to put right, it. Right, right. And then um, the second thing was that instead of time timeouts, we were going to do time ins. Good. What and we're going so, to get into? Like we're going to do something good. Yes. And so if she is really acting out, that meant story time with me oh. or cooking dinner together. But see, doesn't that then incentivize her to be dangerous? Well, so here's the question. You know your kids, right? Like if your kid is being malicious just to be malicious. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But is your kid just just, really want your time? If she just really overtired or overstimulated or feel at a loss because of something that's going on. Yeah. I mean, 
I realized that the way I was parenting wasn't the way that I feel like my heavenly parent parents me. Right. It's not. Absolutely. You're not put in time out. God would never shut a door in my face because I mm. didn't understand something or I was freaking out. Mm. Right? Like right. he'd put his arm around me. He'd give you a hug. And so, he'd talk to you. He'd connect to ab- you. Absolutely. And I feel like as um, because I'm a spiritual religious person, I feel like as parents, we're supposed to help our children understand their relationship with God because of the way that we parent. That's cool. And so I decided that he gives me time ins. Yeah. Absolutely. He gives you attention. He gives me attention. He gives me love. You can't spoil oh. your kids with love. Uh-uh. You can spoil them with stuff. Yeah. But you can't, like, love yeah. doesn't make rotten children. Well, and you don't have stuff. <laughs> I'm not even, are we talking about my socioeconomic status right now? Anyway. Ouch, Matt. <laughs> no, anyway. Well, hold on. Hold, what's the third point? Good, but we got to take a break. Okay, the next break. Okay, but you got to remember it. I'll remember it. Because I won't remember it. <laughs> hey, Meg Conley in the house teaching us about uh, a time out less, time more time ins with your children. Yeah. Don't just smother them with stuff, even stuff you don't have. Just give them more in. Be in. I don't yeah. know. If, oh, by the way, I have a wristband. I'm in. I'm in. I'll give That's it to great. You. It has my name on it. That exact wristband? I get the one that was on your wrist? Well, it's sweaty and dirty. Ugh. We're going to take a break when we come <laughs> back more with Meg Conley from Meg in Progress. you got to go check out that website. Uh, she writes about all of these things on the biannual blog that you can find on the meginprogress.com website. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We were just uh, talking with Megan Con- Meg Conley from Meg in <laughs> Progress. It's a website that uh, twice a year uh, is posted, um, information about life, love. Diet Coke. Diet Coke and her latest haircut. Meg Conley's her name. It's really a fantastic blog. Thank you. I, I go. I'm assuming you're saying that without irony. No, I turn to it. I turn to it every week. <laughs> when I'm here. Every time you're here. <laughs> I read. I do. I I don't always read it, but um, I don't read blogs. Sure. I don't uh, listen to radio shows, so you know it's cool. <laughs> you're just you're just rude today. You're rude. I really do listen to your show, Matt. Do you it's really? so good. I do. Did you hear our show yesterday? I've been packing. So. <laughs> well, it seems like our show would be the perfect thing to listen to while you're packing. You know, I listen to podcasts, which are subtly different than radio. We actually have podcasts. I didn't listen to it yesterday, but I'm going to. You listened last Tomorrow. week, though. Yeah, I totally did. What was your favorite show last week? Mm, it's so hard to choose. Weren't we going to talk about that third thing that we were the third? I, I'm good. I got time. <laughs> the neat thing about having your own show, Meg, is it's just whatever you want it to be. That's like magic. It's pretty fun. It's like um, how math is magic. You know what's fun? Yeah. Listening to you tell about your uh, timeout less. Yeah. Or your timeout test is really what we should call yeah. it. Yeah. So the third rule. Let's was... give the first two. Okay, I'm sorry so the... for spitting on you. <laughs> um, rule number one was don't time out. So try to avoid timeouts. Try to do yeah. time ins, right? Yeah, I got it. And, right. um, and then what was rule number two? <laughs> 
You don't know your own rules? I did know it. I didn't know which one I had said. Oh, take time to connect before taking yes. time to react. Yeah, absolutely. And then also, okay, so so why are you doing the timeout, right? I was yeah. doing the timeout because I was punishing her, right? Right. I was disciplining her. I think as parents we feel we like, think of it like they punishing. need discipline. Because yeah. if they don't, they're going to be all over the place. Right. So, But the third rule is to discipline, not just punish. So discipline mm. comes from the Latin disciplinia, which is, where we, disciplinia okay. which is where we get disciple. We become a disciple. So it, discipline really means to teach and to instruct. Not so it doesn't mean punitive. It does right. It doesn't mean punishment. Now, do kids do things where like a little happy time in is not going to be the answer because they sure. were just total jerks? Sure. Totally. What do like, you do then? Taste. So, so, <laughs> no, just make sure that whatever discipline you're handing out is instructive. Yeah. That you're teaching them, that you're guiding them. But that goes back to connecting because if you haven't connected, absolutely, then they're not going to hear your message. Absolutely. Absolutely. So This is good. So so um, during that seven days, it was so hard. To because not. To not do the timeout because the timeout had been the thing that had kept me from boiling over just as much as See, it had really, kept the her from boiling you. over. Oh, totally! It was to protect your young. Yeah, from like I'm an gonna angry freak tiger. out. I'm yeah. gonna say some words you've never heard before wow. if you don't get out of here. This is you need good. to leave. It, yeah, honest time. Hashtag real life. <laughs> <laughs> But so, um, so the first three days, it was so hard. It's like when I've given up Diet Coke in the past. Like you know, it's bad for you. Yeah. You know, it's not helping you progress. No, you right? know your heart. You know your kidneys are shutting. But the down. first three days, it's like, where do I get a Diet yeah, Coke right. from? So the first three days were so hard. By the fourth day, though, I finally realized um, I hadn't yelled yet, mm. and I had started to yell. I didn't used to be a yeller, but over the summer, I'd started to yell. I hadn't yelled yet. Um, Zuzu hadn't pounded her fist into a wall in four days, which before we had gone weeks where that was a daily wow. occurrence. I mean, it had become so but You know what? It's because you were in integrity. You were finally in integrity. Yeah, absolutely. But there's really some truth to that. Yeah. And I, I, as I was recentering myself, I was able to realign my goals. Like, what did I really want her to get out of my motherhood? Yeah. And I wanted her to get instruction and love and kindness. Listen, if I put her in a room or in a hallway or on a timeout bench, every time that she's acting a way that I don't like, what I'm teaching her is I only want to be around you when you're good enough. Oh, and then I'm teaching huge. her that people, yeah. she only deserves to it's be around people. Yeah, it's so hard. Do I still occasionally, we did this test about a month and a half ago. Um, does she still occasionally get put in timeout? Totally. Because wow. there are but some days where I'm just like, all right. Mama lost it. Chill out time. Why don't you just put yourself like, in a timeout? Oh, that happens too. Like, absolutely. But she follows me. So we yeah. both need to be like. Yeah. But, but it absolutely happens. But it's happening less. And as cool. it's happening less, she's using her alone time as like kind of a sacred space. Which she had stopped doing because alone time had become so punitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's so, not going to enjoy it. No. So she was constantly wanting to be around me, which is exhausting because <laughs> she felt like that is how she was becoming yeah. accepted. Yeah. That is, a, <laughs> that was a huge problem. And I thought I was being a good parent because I was disciplining her. That's I was the being problem. stern. Well, you're just doing what the rest of us do. Right. And we all fall into it, yeah. right? Because like, you have to live your own life and be present in your own life. Right. So you, Absolutely. That's what I love about this is you're learning. Yes. So you, you realize now you, you could say no timeouts and everyone's going to be mad at you. Sure. Right? Oh, totally. And you, I know you do it on your blog because right. <laughs> you sensationalize. Well, I, say, I say it was an experiment. 
Like yeah, yeah, yeah. this was my experiment, and but, I'm honest about the fact that. Yeah. And listen, some kids, a timeout is the right thing. There are some kids where you can probably say, "Hey, yeah, you need to go take some time," and well, they they relish right. that, they respond to that. Some I just need don't a back have, to nature program. I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some need to be shipped away. Sure, sure. I just don't have those kids. Like yeah. when I do that, she feels isolation, yeah. disassociation, and it was ruining our relationship mm-hmm. outside of the timeout. But it seems like you these are your kids. They have your they have your DNA. Poor babies. A tiny bit of Riley's. Poor babies. And yet so the solution has to come from you. Yes, absolutely. And so you can take a principle like timeout and yeah. and do what you need with it. Exactly. And this idea that there's this one size fits all exact it, no, timeout that it doesn't, doesn't exist. work. No, mm. it doesn't exist. And some kids, some kids may not be as sensitive as your child. So the timeout, it doesn't feel punitive. It's just sure. okay. I'll do my time. Well, and then you know, I have a friend whose kid like laughs about the timeout thing. Oh yeah, like it's not enough. Like bring like, it on. I don't know. I don't know what you do once yeah. timeout isn't enough. But like yeah. it's That's not. Like, go build an outhouse. Well, like yeah. I don't know. Wait till they're like sixteen. Try putting your sixteen year old in a timeout. Terrifying. My kids, I'm like, okay, quiet time. Everyone go to their room. They're all like, sweet. And they all take their phones and they leave. And I'm like, no, no, no phones in the room. Wow. Um, You're on a tight ship. Tight ship is <laughs> is, is my middle name. Why are you laughing? You don't think I run I a tight so ship. fun while I'm here. Zuzu always asks, mom, why do you laugh so much? And I'm like, I laugh when I'm happy. Don't oh. you laugh when you're happy and when things are funny? Sure. Yeah. Sure <laughs> um. So the test, the trial, what were you calling yeah, it? Yeah, the seven-day experiment, experiment, social experiment. I, I was yeah. just looking at it on your site. Yeah. Failure or success? Success, because yeah. it's made me... Um, it's changed you, though. Yes, it's made me more deliberate, and I am actively, when I decide I'm going to be a discipline, dis, disciplinarian, mm-hmm. what I'm really saying is I'm going to instruct her, I'm going to yeah. guide them. Yeah. And so... And so that has changed the way that I do everything, the good things and the hard things. I think that's – Thank goodness. But see, that's the that, – to me, there's the principle. We, you were in. You actually were in the process feeling it as you go. Sure. Absolutely. And, and that's what's going to work I think every time. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's going to – like I said, she, I put her in timeout yesterday. What she t- was just out of control. Was she? Yeah, totally. You know, like they come home from school. Mm-hmm. I put her back in – I put her in school. I was going to ask you. <laughs> so – uh, but the problems were still going. It wasn't. I kept thinking that's because why. I'm well, that's why she's having trouble. Yeah, it's because I'm homeschooling. It, I'm she also put has her in, tension. I'm going to put her in school, yeah. and and the the problems were ongoing even after I did that. And so it was just that I had to change the environment of our home and how we dealt with one another. A lot of times, uh, when you're homeschooling, it's the teacher <laughs> that's the problem. She misses it every day. Zuzu called me and said her homeschool teacher. Psycho. Here's the thing: the school crazy. I put her into, it's like crazy. Like, there's like a gourmet kitchen there, and they like cook things together. Wow. And like, is that why you smell like bacon today? I didn't cook with her. Like, okay. she comes home and she's like, "Oh, we had we made ravioli today." I'm like, "All right, well, we're having craft mac and cheese for dinner. So enjoy yourself." You know, um, I hear you're moving. We are. I'm so excited. Uh, talk about your mansion. Okay, it's not. It's um. It's a total gut job. It's a six-car garage? No. It's a little 1953 ranch-style house. It's really cute. But 
It was on the market for over a year because it needs so much work. Really? Like you walk in, uh, Margaret or Zuzu yeah. has asthma and she walks in and she starts like, oh, good. <laughs> you know, it's so wow. gross in there. <laughs> James, uh, take, write this down. Mental note, write this down, James. Um, when purchasing a home <laughs> for the long haul, do not purchase a home that will drive your asthmatic child. <laughs> Into respiratory well, arrest. before we move in, we're going to get rid of, like, the carpet is all from the early 60s. Has not been changed since the early 60s. I toss it. Yeah, so we're going to get rid of that, and we have to get rid of the asbestos. Yeah, and, sure. And we've got it. There's a lot. There's at least a month's worth of work. But hey, in a month, do you how know what, great. Do you know what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what? Let me do something. Sure. I'm going to offer my team to come help you, <laughs> you take know what? that asbestos ceiling down you know you can't you can't ask people to, there's a law mm. you have to do it yourself or you have to hire someone yes yeah you can't like have outside people coming and do it because it's poison why are you winking <laughs> you keep winking at me like wink me like i am not i thought you said john was winking wink. not you or you can just like i don't know shellac it i guess so that it doesn't i'd, I'd just whack aspirated. it i'd whack it down get it it's is it like the um like the cottage cheese totally kind of with sparkles in it Ooh, yeah hey will you take some all pictures all the appliances you... are original to 1953 yeah. yeah which means they are taking about 90 percent of the energy but on we your got, block we got such a screaming deal on it though. i'm sure you did it's a long-term investment guys it's was gonna it, be great uh, was has had the home been um what do they call it closed like where the Government, yeah, where the government shuts it down because it's too dangerous. Um, well, here's the thing. Kind of. This woman lived in it until the day she died, and then she donated it to the local she university. She died in the house? Totally. And then she donated it to UVU, and then UVU is selling it to fund a scholarship. So really, you're just promoting education. I'm so good. It's amazing. <laughs> It's going to be great. It's going to be, we figure it'll be five years of really hard work and then it'll be our dream house. Is that why you got your hair cut so short? Yeah. Who has the time to do hair when you're going to be demolishing stuff for the next five years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want help, I, you're gonna come help, I, I will volunteer my team. You'll come. I can't wait. It's going to be great. I would. Um, I would. I, <laughs> I, call me. <laughs> Have your people. We, we can't afford to hire people, so no, I, no, need, no. I need to bring in people. as many volunteers as I can. We'll have a BYU broadcasting. We'll put it out there, see how many people we can sure, get. Sure, I'm excited. We do a lot of charity work here at BYU Broadcasting. And, but, and you know what? I'm good friends with the creator of Studio C, so I bet you could get the whole cast over. Make it kind of like an event. Ooh. You Look know what? We could actually do a skit. I like it. With Studio C, now tearing down interested. your asbestos. Now that there's celebrity power, you're going to come. Yeah. Still, why don't you just call my people? <laughs> Are you going to stick with us, Meg? Yeah, of course. Uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we have a special surprise in the Z Block. Is it cupcakes? It's, a, it's called Recap. Oh. We're going to recap our top learnings. And what's so great, because you saw the entire, you listened to the entire sure. show. Sure. You just throw out, and you can't use your own segment. No, I would never. So just go back. Yeah. To something that you learned in great. the earlier segment. Yeah. I'm excited. One of your key learnings. Yeah. And you out there in listener land, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. If you want to share one of your key learnings from today's program, we'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. i 
Welcome back, everybody. We're wrapping up the show <laughs> on top of the world by Imagine Dragons, one of my favorite groups. What's your favorite group, Meg Pun- Conley? Punch Brothers. Okay. So good. They got their name from Mark Twain's story. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Punch, and Punch um, Brothers. They're like a fusion of bluegrass and, I don't know, old school mm. something. But Sounds they're good. amazing. Yeah. I love bluegrass. You ever had bluegrass, James? No, it was I a little, uh, just a little arugula. Ch- arugula with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's purple grass, purple green grass, isn't it? I think so. Something it tastes like, like that. a dandelion weed. Yeah. No, yeah. arugula kind of tastes peppery and it's dark green. I hate it. Oh, <laughs> that arugula. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, Meg Conley's in the house from the um, twice annual. MeganProgress.com website goes up twice a year. Yep. This is this is one of those times. It's fantastic. Get in there. It's fantastic. Yeah. In the house, Maddie Richard. Maddie uh, is about to leave us. I am. Do people know about that? Well, the listeners didn't until just barely, so thanks. Maddie got a little <laughs> thing. Uh, Maddie got, let me, let me just tell Meg. Uh, okay, Maddie got me. a little thing we call a J-O-B. Maddie already told me. We had a long talk about it. We had a long it. talk about yeah. it. And how sad I was. I think she I told me indeed. before she told you. Probably I did. did. Probably did. You're the last to know. Just kidding, Matt. Well, and I appreciate that. No, I have. <laughs> this is my second to last time on air with you all. I'm so sad. Oh, my heavens. Don't blow it. I know. I better do good, right? What do you what 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 do you want to lead us in today? So today we thought we'd try something a little different with the Z Block. We kind of want to recap the whole show because wow. we spent so much of the show just learning, 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 yes. learning, learning. We want to make sure the listeners remember what yeah. they've learned today. And which is which is huge because there's a lot to learn. Oh, there's so much to learn. And and you guys aren't even parents. I am not. Oh, I mean, the, uh, my first time on the yeah. air, you said You're, that I was. It's a big assumption, actually. Uh, but... <laughs> and they, they looked at me like, what? What? How do you know? <laughs> How did but you not know? But so um, do, you have a, do you have a key learning today? So I have a couple things that really were intriguing and interesting that the guests had to say. Um, the first one is talking about being an impatient parent. So mm-hmm. when you become – she said when you become impatient with your, your kids, you need to lather, rinse, and repeat – See, because parenting is not an effective, it's not a one-time thing, no. which which is what you were just teaching us, Meg. It's true. Megara was just teaching us. She's my favorite Disney character. Megara, oh, yeah. Hercules, all the so way. So great. Anyway, <laughs> Sorry, Meg, you were teaching us that that process though that you have to kind of test it, learn. Yeah. Rinse, repeat. Yeah, it's a big experiment. That's okay. and I just love it's that cool. she talked about how it's it's not an efficient process. It's no. not going to be the best case scenario any of the times probably and that's okay that's the parenting process it's just to be inefficient ineffective a work in progress all the time like in progress love that does um do you have a feeling because i've always wondered what what if you found out your children were going to be brats because you're a redhead that's a possibility you're redhead i think in the reality maddie i think reality (laughs) everybody's kids everybody's kids are brats what? At some point yeah, or another, point everyone's sure. kids are brats. She just called my kids a brat. I'm sure they oh, have I'm been sure at some point. I'm sure your kids have been brats. And my that's, kids. that's I think perfect? the whole it's point. That, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole point of what the guest was saying, though, is that everyone's everyone's kids are going to be a brat at some point. Yeah. It's they are. never going to be perfect. You're not going to sure. have. Everyone says, I have a perfect angel kid. I bet you. 
No. At least once that kid has had sure. a terrible twos tantrum. Just give the kids some Shasta, some Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they'll be off totally. the rails. Yeah, that's a good rails. way to parent. No, I think yeah. it's it's amazing to, you know, look at everyone's kid is going to be brat, not going to be perfect. Don't and you think some we can kids, learn something and move on. Don't you think some parents' kids are more likely to be a brat? Like, I mean, yes. like if you never had a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you never had a timeout. That doesn't mean there's an absence of discipline. It just means it's a different kind of discipline. You mean discipuli? I <laughs> I love Meg's jealous. idea about timeout. I think it's awesome. But I can just like whip out Latin words like it's my job. Like it's hey, my J-O-B. Interesting. <laughs> I think I'm probably the only one in the room that studied Latin for about six years. I don't think you I did, studied it though. for a semester. Yeah, six years. Did you, you really? No, I don't think you did, though. I That's did private school. Cool. Private school. You would. I knew. I know how to say. Uh, as a private school kid. Arara est humana. Do you know what that means? Uh, yes, my Acura is parked with the roof down. Yes. No, it's to air is human. That's the Latin phrase that I know. Mm. Like impressive. Her. Actually, that's not what that means. As a Latin expert, <laughs> uh, an expert of a dead language. Sure. Latin's beautiful. That's great. Yeah. Don't another another thing. Yeah. What else did you learn? I want to share another thing that I learned before we run out of time. That you that, love the Matt Townsend show. Well, that too. It's it's near and dear to my heart. So another thing the guests brought up that I thought was wonderful is that when your kid is misbehaving, you need to acknowledge their goal. Yes. What their end goal is totally. for their misbehavior. So they're interrupting you, wanting to go to the park. You don't just say, please don't interrupt me, leave me alone. You say, yeah. I understand that you want to go to the park and I want to take you to the park. You go to the goal. Right now, uh-huh. though, we're going to do this. And then they feel heard. And your method understood. isn't working. You're interrupting. Yeah, yeah. So she always so talks about the method. Too. The method isn't, isn't working. working. So yeah, I understand what really your good. goal is, but you need to think of a different method to get us there. See, that's huge. Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> that's something we've tried to do with Meg. It is. Stop. Because our goals with Meg are the same. Her methods a little messed up. Little tweet. Sorry, I think Meg's effective in everything she talks. Meg, what about was your everything. favorite thing uh, on the show? That I mean, that you weren't mm, a part of. I think what was I, your favorite. I really loved when the guest said that you need to get eye to eye with your kids because yeah. I think I think literally and metaphorically that's true, right? We spend yep. so much time towering over them with yep. our certainty, with our rules, yep. that they can feel a little. Um, overwhelmed, overwhelmed, ignored, kind of like the surf Intimidated. versus the Lord thing, you know? Yes, yes. That's a problem. They need to feel like you're on the same team. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Because cool. at the end of the day, I want my kids to be able to come to me and talk to me eye to eye when they're 16 and having problems or 25 or having problems or... How old are you, Matt? 38. <laughs> are you really? And having problems. Having <laughs> problems. I don't think so. I'm 38. <laughs> That's so rude. Cool. You have a daughter that's but, married. <laughs> she got married when she was 10? 15. <laughs> okay. But um, but that's huge because I'm, I'm constantly thinking, how do I – I want to be a good parent now, but how are we setting this up so that I can be a good parent 10 years from now? Well, and I think in your case, that's a really good question <laughs> because, um, you know, some things are just not as sure. Sure. Right. That's why I have to work extra hard. That's what I'm saying. I'm intrinsically you, flawed. No, you are. I am so messed up. I have to work constantly to like see, make up the balance. We all are. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. That's, by the way, one of my reasons for having you on the show so often. Okay. I'm not joking. I think I've said this before, but I've had readers come up to me and say, I read your blog and I feel so good because I'm like, man, at least I'm not her. Like I, gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a totally. way. Totally. So that's great. So it's very great. We should all be that person for someone else. That's fantastic. We, we Yeah. <laughs> 
Everybody should have someone else to look at and go, woo. Yeah. At least I don't have it that right. bad. It's a public service. That's why we feel good about yourself that's why if we you're do that this person. Show, so that you feel like at least you're not as bad as. Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess we're done. Maddie, well done. James, did you learn anything? Oh, yeah. You, I, you made some notes. Yes, I did. I like that. I'm going to, from now on, just call on you, like make a note, because you're going to need all of these things to marry Michelle. When you marry Michelle, mm-hmm. you're going to need all these little bits of advice. I will know how our children will not be brats. It'll be great. Wow. Fantastic. That's why we're here. Here's a quote for you. By John Wilmont, the second Earl of Rochester. Before I got married, I had six theories about bringing up children. Now I have six children. No theories. It's my life right there. Hey, tomorrow, oh, one of my favorite guests, Dr. Uh, Alex Patakos is joining us. He's the author of the book, Opa! Opa! It's time to uh, visit with him. We've had him on the show before. Tons of fun stuff. He's going to teach us about the Opa way. Make sure you join us for that. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, Meg, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Why don't you come back more often? I, I will. Okay. Always. Every Wednesday. Always and forever. Yeah. We're out of here, folks. Thanks for joining us. Hope to talk with you again tomorrow. Take care.